The Pat Kenny Show with Aviva Insurance on News Talk. Now, as followed from the decision to end the eviction ban continues, could a tax relief for renters and for landlords provide some form of solution? I'm joined now by Assistant Professor of Social Policy at Maynooth University and author of the book Gaffs, Rory Hearn, and by Consumer Tax Manager with Taxback.com, Marion Ryan. Uh, good morning and welcome. Uh, Marion, we'll start off first of all. Uh, landlords have been complaining uh, about the tax they pay compared to the tax that uh, the big guys pay, the real estate investment tr- trusts. Meanwhile, tenants seem to have ignored their opportunity to get a, a tax back refund uh, for their rent. What's going on and will tax changes help? Yeah, um, I suppose the, the first three, I suppose tenants haven't ignored it. I think tenants are kind of hitting a wall and they're getting stuck along the way there. I suppose there's over 400,000 people in the country that would be eligible for the rent tax credit, which is fabulous. It's 500 euros per person. We'd love it to be more, but it, it is what it is at the moment. And the government are looking into increasing that there. But where a lot of tenants are finding a problem is that one of the conditions of it is that the landlord has to be registered with the RTB and a lot of tenants are hitting the wall when it comes to that because a lot of landlords simply aren't registered and refuse to register with the RTB and they're not able to get their, their rent tax credit there so that's where we're seeing a lot of people okay, now, having an issue. In a normal market what would happen there is that the tenant would uh, go to uh, the RTB and say I am renting from someone I'm paying rent it's not a rent a room scheme which would be tax free yeah. up to uh, 14,000 uh, it's a regular renting situation I'm reporting my landlord why is that not happening? Because people don't want to lose the roof over their head is the, the, the simple answer of it there. Like if you report your, your landlord to the RTB or if you report him to the revenue, I suppose the fear that a lot of people have is that it's going to have consequence on them there, that they're not going to be able to, to rent the property they're in at the moment. And as we all know, they're, they're, it's not like the rental market is is vast and open and the people have options there. Like you're lucky to have the roof that you have, that you're paying the rent to who you're paying and they don't want to rock the boat and they don't want to lose the property that they're renting. Because uh, who knows what the consequences would be for the landlord if they're reported to the RTB. Um, I mean, maybe they would be also reported to the revenue commissioners. There could be all sorts of fallout. Absolutely. And the condition of the property might be something that uh, would close that property down. There's lots of things that might happen if uh, people are to report. On the other hand, they might be in quite comfortable accommodation and the landlord uh, who's not registered would simply say, listen, I'll give you the 500 back uh, over the course of a year. I'll drop your rent by a few quid. Just say nothing. Potentially, yeah, there's that there's that potential as well. I, I don't know how many com- landlords and tenants will be having that conversation, but there does seem to be a, a big difference there. Like with only 154,000 out of the 400 claiming it there, that's like, that's only 40%, not even 40% of people there. So I think a lot of it is that the landlords are just simply refusing. And if you don't like the situation as it is, yeah. you can move on. I've got 40 people waiting to take your spot. But in terms of the numbers who are registered with the RTB, I, I mean... Uh, presumably those uh, estimates you're talking about are based on the registered landlords because who knows how many are unregistered. True, true, yes. That number could even be even be greater. They're the people that are missing out on it there, I suppose. The conversation, I suppose, is around those landlords that aren't engaging with the likes of the RTB and aren't engaging with the revenue because if you are a landlord and you want to be fully compliant and you're declaring it there, you have no problem then registering with the RTB because you're doing everything correct and right and overboard is trying mm. to capture, I suppose, those outliers. 
Yeah. Now, from the point of view of the small landlord, we're not talking about the big uh, real investment trusts and mm. uh, real estate investment trusts, the REIT so-called. Um, from the point of view of the small landlord, they get precious little tax relief at the moment. Yeah, yeah. So I suppose the, the landlord, maybe one rental property there, that's just not their primary residence. They're, they're getting taxed on that the same as they would on their, any other source of income there. Something that we would love for the revenue maybe to consider when they are bringing in this package is to maybe duplicate something similar to the rent-a-room scheme, where maybe there's a, a cap on the rent that you can receive that's tax-free there and you can go ahead and you declare it. And then if it's a case that someone is maybe receiving rent over that, yes, they get taxed and the, the rate of there and maybe on the full of the rent there. But it'd be a nice incentive there for, I suppose, the small landlords with one rental property there that you're not receiving huge rents on. If it's a case that there's like an incentive there that if you don't charge your tenant over the €14,000 mark, you get that tax free there. And it's an incentive as well as well for the landlords then to keep the rent down yeah. there, I suppose, the win-win I mean, all the, the difficulty straight away, you, you think a two-bedroom department in the centre of Dublin City um, if you were to max that out for tax-free purposes at 14,000, that would be, what, 1,100 uh, a month. You yeah. won't find a decent uh, two-bedroom apartment for anything like 1,100 a month in Dublin at the moment. No. So that, that, that if, if they went over the 1,400, they bore the full burden of tax. Yeah. Um, that wouldn't be much help, I suspect, for those kind of landlords. No, no, I suppose it may be a case of more so for down the country where there's smaller rents and stuff like that there. But it's something to consider. Maybe I know all the the large corporate landlords will be probably they're doing it through a company. So they're not going to have the same tax burden as the the small landlords there as well. So it's a it's a tricky game for, I suppose, the revenue to to play there to try and figure out the balance of it as well. Because then I suppose if you're exempting a large number of landlords from from paying tax on their rents received as well, that's money that's not going into the the pot there as well in the balance sheet. Yeah, so on the one side, giving tax relief to tenants and the other side, more tax relief to landlords means the tax take from the property sector goes down. Marion, thank you very much for joining us. Marion Ryan, Consumer and Tax Manager with Taxback.com. Rory Hearn listening to that conversation. Uh, Rory, good morning. Morning, Pat. Now, um, you've given us the whole history uh, of the rental sector in your book, uh, GAFs. Uh, The real question is, how do you keep those small landlords who are so vital to the sector? 86% of all uh, renters are renting from the, the smaller landlords, not necessarily only mom and pop landlords, but perhaps people with two or three or four uh, premises. How do you keep them in the business if they want to get out? Well, that's a very difficult question, because if they do want to get out, and this is the point being made, that they're Offering a tax break, is it really going to keep them in the market is the question. Um, And I haven't seen any research or evidence published that would suggest that it would. That in a sense, we know that um, from the RTB data that there's a significant proportion of landlords who are coming of the age of an older age where they want to because it's essentially cashing in on their pension or you know getting their pension their investment they're going to sell regardless of whether there is tax breaks put in place or not and i think the issue we have two issues here two big issues one is we have a short term emergency which is the fact that there are as the figures came out on friday from the residential tenancies board showed that 5000 notices to quit were issued in just three months um, in July, August and September of last year, which is the highest um, on record of notices to quit. And it suggests that 
we could have up to 10,000 households facing eviction in the coming year, which is just, it's nothing that we have seen before. And I think that we need to separate the two out, that there is a short-term emergency that I think the government is making a major mistake in lifting the eviction ban right now. I think the eviction ban, and I think this is really important, the eviction ban should be extended for a year until we figure out what is the tax treatment that could keep landlords in the market, what are the mitigation measures like the tenants in situ scheme, which is not working right now, and the figures from the Irish Times showed just 18 of 400 offers made by landlords. Because landlords are leaving, they're selling up, but I know landlords are also saying we want to sell it, to a local authority or a housing body. But the system isn't in Mm. place yet to do that on sufficient scale to avoid this tsunami of homelessness. A lot of the analysis from the left is that these are landlords who are cashing in. They're getting old. They want to go... At the same time, the revenues from rental uh, are extremely high. Um, So people logically would want to stay in and coin it as much as they can uh, when you have uh, this kind of situation. The, that's the analysis from the left is, is, you know, the landlords cashing in. The analysis from the right would be the left is frightening with the prospect of a Sinn Féin government and even with the, the this current uh, coalition government with the eviction ban and uh, all sorts of potential restrictions looming that landlords are saying, this is no place for me. I want to get out because I may not be able to do with my property what I wish. And this is the fundamental change. And it's not people scaring or like, you know, people have said that to me, you know, because I've been arguing for greater tenant protections or, you know, extension of eviction bans that I am scaring these landlords out of the market. The reality is, and this is the fundamental point that we need to understand, When most landlords bought their properties in the 1980s, 1990s, 1970s, during the Celtic Tiger, the understanding of what a renter was, and actually who who was a renter, was predominantly a student, a young professional. um, That was broadly it. And we only had about 10% of households living in the private rental sector. What happened from the early 2000s until up to now, is we've had a fundamental change in who is a renter. A renter now, 44% of all renters are families with children. So what you could do when a renter was, and I'm not saying it was right, but what was considered was when they bought the property, I'm buying a property as an investment, it will give me an income stream, and that was all the thinking. And it wasn't just their fault. This is what policy told them to do. It's what banks told them to do. You buy a property as an income stream, as an investment. They weren't told by policy you are buying somebody's home, which could be their home for life, and they might not have anywhere else to go to. So we have a fundamental change in who are renters. So unfortunately now we are in a situation where plus government has relied on the private rental sector in a fundamental change in policy where we now have 80,000 households in the private rental sector who are essentially social housing tenants. They're subsidised in some form. They cannot go anywhere else. They're going straight into homelessness if a landlord sells up. So but, unfortunately, but isn't the, landlords the, the whole, are caught in, in, yeah, in, in isn't the whole are, are issue then to try and balance it, that as uh, you know, private landlords exit the market, that there's an acceleration in the construction of uh, social housing and the other schemes like the cost rental one, which I, you know, I, I question it, given uh, how 
rapidly the costs are going up for the building of apartments, for example. Now, they do uh, do the calculation over a 40-year period, but still, there's no guarantee that it'll uh, produce a really effective rent. So, social housing being the answer isn't uh, the, the solution a, a rather slow one, rather than, you know, precipitate measures that may have unintended effects. You've got to accelerate social housing uh, to mirror the exit of the small landlord from the market. Yes, no, you're absolutely right. That is the the medium-term solution, and that is what we have to do and and accept that landlords are leaving and they're going to continue to leave no matter what tax break you bring in. But the problem is... But the question, your fundamental thesis is, Rory, that the reason they're doing is they're cashing in on their investments. Why does nobody on the left ever, ever acknowledge the fact that landlords, and we hear it on our tech screen all the time, that people, sometimes they're going away to to work for a year, they won't even let their apartment or their house because they're scared they won't be able to get it back when they need it. And this is coming from the left all the time, scaring the horses, as I say, the horses bolt. And there's no acknowledgement on the left that this is a reality. No, I absolutely acknowledge, and, you know, have done, that if a landlord is moving back, if it's their home, their primary home, then of course there has to be a different situation and you have to work out and you need to put in place measures. No, that's that's like not that. the point, that, that, that you can have exceptions to the general rule. The general rule from the left seems to be that once a tenant is in situ, it'll be very hard to shift them. And people, well, that, people are scared the that they won't be able to get their properties. But Pat, that is the common practice across Europe. We're unique in a country where the property rights of the landlord completely supersede the right to home of a tenant. So we, the problem is how we understand it and how landlords think about it and how we as a society think about it. And I'm not blaming landlords for this. I'm just trying to explain that we have had it wrong as a country, how we understand property and renters and landlords and property as an investment. We've made a mistake. And if we want to continue to say, well, a landlord can essentially do whatever it wants with its property, then we're going to continue with really, really high rates of homelessness into the future. And that is it. It's not property is not like an investment like stocks or shares. It is different. It is a fundamental need of a home. And that's not a left or right perspective. That's a reality. And the reality facing renters, who most of whom are many of whom are families, in the coming days and weeks, is they have nowhere to go to if they're evicted. So what are we saying? We're saying that the property rights of the landlord are over, essentially, the ability of a family to have a home. And we need to work out the landlords who need to move back in because it's their home. And we need to work out the landlords who say we need to sell up. But we have to manage this. And I feel I can see the government has not put in place an emergency response because this is an emergency like we haven't seen before. Um, reading some of the text here, why are we still talking about tax breaks for landlords when the ultimate tax break already exists? Just register as a limited company and get the same deal as the big landlords. Anyone can do this. It's incredibly straightforward. Why is this never mentioned uh, by the government? Uh, you might be able to explain that, Rory. Well, in terms of the setting up as a um, a, a limited or, you know, it's, it's a specific. See, the, the investor funds have multiple different you you get to lose people in language, but they're called um, collective asset vehicles. They're essentially uh, 
entities that allows them to minimize and effectively pay no tax. Some of them, um, they operate under their, their various parts of our financial uh, structure in Ireland that we have set up to facilitate you know, global yeah. investments here at a low tax basis. And they essentially are using those. They also use what is called um, the Residential Real Estate Investment Trust tax break, which is a specific company vehicle set up and you you know you could theoretically go look and see but you have to follow certain rules there's a requirement for as far as i understand shareholders to invest in it but it is complex you know it is and again i i don't think that's a good way because essentially that's the other extreme it's facilitating landlords large landlords to essentially pay no tax um, anyway, it wouldn't be that simple. One presumes that uh, the house uh, or apartment would have to be purchased by the company uh, or transferred with um, be, yes, whatever charges in, into exactly, the company. Yeah. Um, OK, we rent a property and are registered as landlords with the RTB. This is a requirement to make a tax return. Why can this issue not be tackled by revenue, ensuring that those claiming tax breaks are actually registered? Um, so I, I, I take the point that this texture is making that the people apply for a tax break and the, the part of that is that you must be registered with the RTB. If the landlord is not registered, then the expectation would be that revenue would go chasing the landlord. That kind of would make everything very complicated, but maybe that's what could it's, be done. It, and, 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 but that is what tenants are saying, uh, renters are saying to me, that they are terrified that if they even if they don't uh, go near the landlord, once they register with, with revenue, the revenue then follows up on it with the landlord and that the landlord will know that the tenant did that. And I think, Pat, it's a real issue there, the acceptance um, and that Marion set out there, that there are, now we know, you know, it's over, it's almost 170,000 landlords are registered with the RTB. But if we're we don't know, as you said, how many aren't registered. And that presents a real issue in terms of making policy, in terms of understanding how many landlords do we have in the market, how many are leaving, what issues there are there. So we should try, policy needs to get some sense of how many landlords aren't registered. And as you say, in terms of tenants, then it leaves them in a situation where they can't claim, you know, the tax credit. All right, Rory, it's uh, an imponderable. And uh, every time we discuss it, um, there are so many facets to it. But for the moment, Rory Hearn, Assistant Professor of Social Policy at Maynooth University and author of GAFs. Uh, thank you very much for joining us. The Pat Kenny Show with Aviva Insurance. Weekdays at 9 a.m. on News Talk.